the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hi, James. Hey, come How are you? All good. We're almost ready for vacation. I thought you were going to say almost ready for harvest. <laughs> yeah, no, yet, no, yeah. <laughs> how's it looking so far? How, how's the? There was been. A, I think Italy's done much better than France. Have you had a lot of rain? We had a lot of rain actually on Saturday. We had the hail in Barbaresco. Oh, sh- I don't yeah, know. it was oh, uh, it was really scary because I was home. There was this black cloud coming from uh, Guarene, which is in front mm-hmm. of uh, Barbaresco. And we started getting heavy rain, wind, uh, and then uh, it hailed for about three to four minutes. Oh, aren't you, what's your? Aren't you concerned about global warming and the whole situation with the environment? Yes, no, it, it, it's scary. It's really scary because we are seeing uh, the effects of uh, of climate change every year. We see them uh, more, and uh, I think. Uh, in terms of uh, vineyard management, uh, it's really been a challenge because the last 25 years have been a, a complete revolution. In terms of uh, tasting and, 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 and the quality of the wines, uh, when I think about Piedmont and I think about the Barolo in Barbaresco, probably Nebbiolo is a variety that uh, is not really scared about yeah. climate because uh, I think. Uh, Global warming uh, positively affected uh, Nebbiolo in terms of uh, uh, of taste because today with climate change it's easier for Nebbiolo to reach uh, maturation, it's easier mm. to reach ripeness, tannins are also riper. So today I think Nebbiolo is becoming a little bit more flexible, something that uh, you can start to approach when it's young. And you can still, uh, and it still will age because there are always a lot of acidity, a lot of uh, tannins. But at least it gives you a chance to uh, approach them while while they're younger. Uh, with other varieties, with uh, especially in, in in Montalcino, it's more challenging because Montalcino is more on the inside part of Tuscany, so you have less of the breeze coming from from the uh-huh. seaside. And so Sangiovese, you need to be really, it's more challenging because when it gets warm in Montalcino, it gets really warm during uh, during summer. And yeah. Sangiovese becomes also very uh, unpredictable. You know, you, you do sample, sampling in the vineyards and, uh, you know, when you think uh, that, you know, you look at the, at the data just a few days before harvest, you look at those data and uh, in your mind, you, you, you have an idea of when you have to start uh, picking, eh? but then you get one day of really extremely high temperatures eh? and you're already late. So it's very difficult to see what, what uh, to follow. That changes quickly. I'm, I'm interested in terms of, uh, of weather because, uh, again, you know. When when we think about climate change, we tend to we can, we tend to think only about uh, the heat and the warmer temperature. Climate change is not only that. Climate change, it's all the the, the, the it's all the rest because it really stresses all the excesses. You no, know? so either it doesn't rain, or when it rains, it rains with such an intensity that uh, 
it creates more erosion and we literally have uh, bombs of water coming down. Or uh, um, pests are becoming much more aggressive compared to, to the past. And now we can have, if in the past we had only one or two generations of, uh, of, 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 of a pest, today we can reach it to three, four, five generations. Wow. We find that suitable condition. So I think adaptation is the only way of, of survival, trying to adapt, be always able to change, not being afraid of, of change, because this is the only way we can actually continue and, and survive and, and adapt to this, this climate. I have your, uh, your Barbaresco and your two Baroli. And so what happened in 18? Did you only, I, I don't see your um, cruise. Did you only make a Barbaresco? Yes. So 2018 uh, has been, uh, you know, we talked about uh, hail and yeah. on, I think it was July 18th of uh, 2018, uh, we had uh, hail in Barbaresco. Hail affected mostly the northern part of uh, the denomination. So the Barbaresco 2018 is, a, is special because uh, of the 14 vineyards that we usually use for the production of the Barbaresco, we selected uh, six. Mm -hmm. And those six went into the Barbaresco. And then we also added the Sorichildina and Costa Rusti. Wow. So it's a, yes, there are the two single vineyards in, uh, in it. Uh, San Lorenzo was badly affected, so we didn't. Uh, we didn't okay. uh, Costa Rusti was uh, partly affected, so we decided to put it into the uh, into the Barbaresco. Soritidine was actually perfect. Soritidine was uh, beautiful, uh, but usually when we come out with a single vineyard, uh, they always come out all the three of them. There's never been. Yeah. We only produced one or we produced two out of three. So we decided to skip the production of Soritildine as well and to use it for, uh, for the Barbaresco to give some more structure, to give some more uh, quality to the Barbaresco. It's, it's true because it's a little bit more um, linear. Yeah. Normally it's a little rounder, fuller. This time it's really... You know, it's long also, and racy. Yeah. It's also the characteristic of, of 2018. Uh, when I think of 2018, uh, it's been really a classic uh, vintage. I think uh, in a way it's very, for, for Nebbiolo and for Barbaresco, it's very educational. So when we say yeah. that uh, the, the Barbaresco is uh, more perfumed, is lighter, less tannic compared to the Barolos, to th this is really what happened in 2018. 2018 was, uh, a, it was more of a cooler uh, vintage. Yeah. The podium of the most rainiest vintage of the last uh, 21 years, there is a 2002, 2014, and 2018. Rain was concentrated mostly in uh, May. It lasted uh, almost until the uh, middle of, uh, of June. And then summer was uh, uh, kind of, yeah, was, was moderated. And then we started picking the Biolo at the uh, end of September, mid, uh, in, in, um, 
beginning uh, of October. October. So, so very, very classical, almost yeah. traditional, like the old days when your dad was making wine in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, exactly. So it was really, it's a vintage that, uh, you know, when you compare to 2017, uh, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, totally. 2017 was very warm. 2018 has been cooler. So I think uh, 2018 is a vintage where uh, you're uh, lacking uh, part of that roundness uh, and mm-hmm. with, um, rich mouthfeel that you get in 2017. But it's really it's compensating uh, with uh, delicacy, with freshness. Uh, it's yes, very graceful uh, vintage. And I think uh, also a vintage that. Uh, it's more approachable, even uh, even young, because uh, of course it's not ready now. But the wines yeah. are really, are very drinkable, are really pleasurable, yeah. uh, even now. I like it, uh, really good. And then your seventeens uh, really oh. show, of course, the classic seventeen style with a rich center palette. But at the same time, for seventeen, they're uh, they're still very fresh and. The tannins are very integrated and give great form to the wine. I was impressed. I, I like 17. I know that some Italian press said bad things about it, but I tasted almost 517 and I really like the vintage. I think they're gorgeous wines. 2017 is not very classic. It's not a classic yeah. at all. But uh, actually, in Barolo has been better than, than in Barbaresco. Because yeah. of the altitude, so being uh, higher in, uh, in altitude, it was a little bit uh, cooler. Uh, compact, uh, compactness of the soils also helped. And Barolo had a little bit more of a rain compared yeah. to, uh, to Barbaresco. 2017 started with a very mild uh, winter, very mild uh, and already hot uh, spring. And then summer was... Uh, very hot. 73 days of uh, drought with not, not a single yeah. drop uh, uh, of rain. So as a result of this, uh, the bunches were uh, tinier. The, um, uh, the, the berries were very small and very concentrated. The, the skin was very thick, so there was also a much higher presence of, uh, of, of tannins. Then uh, uh, September, the, the, the temperatures cooled down in uh, August, and uh, September was uh, was moderate. 2017 uh, for us uh, has been really a surprise because from a vintage that was uh, so hot, so warm, you would not expect wines that are uh, so vibrant, no, and so fresh. I agree. This is a characteristic of 2017. 2017 is a vintage of. Uh, concentration but you have concentration all across the board so there is concentration in tannins there is concentration in the mouthfeel because it's really volume it's very fat it's very easily rich but at the same time there is concentration in acidity the wines are really fresh fresh yeah fresh there's a lot of acidity which gives them really this beautiful Vibrancy, I think. The I fact agree. that, uh, so I think uh, we were surprised because, first of all, uh, I think uh, this is the first year that we see that the vines uh, actually adapted uh, to this warmer climate. After 20 years of warmer climate, they 
finally managed to adapt to understand how, how they could deal with it. Second, it was a constant warm. The fact that we had a warm spring was positive because the vines already understood what was the trend for the year. And the, the heat started in spring and lasted all the way at the end of, till the end of August. So we didn't really have many heat peaks, but it was more constant. The vines managed to adapt. It was very warm during the day, but then temperatures dropped at night. And this is another reason why we had this bright acidity and this, and this freshness. Freshness. Um, the characteristic, there are two characteristics of 2017. One is fruit, because the wines are really driven by this very rich fruit and the tannins. Because yeah, the tannins are, are a little, there is a little green also, because the tannins didn't manage to ah. ripen, because in July, weather was so hot that. The vines actually shut down. Yeah. So when you compare it to 2018, 2018 the tannins are much riper and they're much more pleasurable because they managed to reach full maturation. 2017, the tannins didn't mature completely, so there is this uh, uh, probably tannins that are a little bit more aggressive compared to 2018. But I think uh, you know this can be a, a guarantee for the future because the wine yeah. has acidity. Tannins are there, they need to ripe more. And so I think 2017, even though it's, uh, you wouldn't expect it, I think it's a vintage that also has a good uh, aging potential. As well. Which do you prefer, the, con the Contessa or the Spares? I, 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 like, I always like uh, Contessa. The Contessa okay. reminds me, it's very delicate, it's very floral. Yeah. Uh, elegant uh, spares always has this uh, austerity that is characteristic yeah. of, of Serra Lunga. So uh, I like, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Contesa. Also, because I think between uh, the two, Contesa and Spares, I, I, Contesa is the underdog. I've never tasted your wine from, uh, from Etna. Etna. And uh, What, what was your first vintage? So the first vintage that uh, came out uh, was uh, um, 2000. Uh, wait, let, 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 let me, let me uh, focus. So we started in 2017. This is the third vintage for the okay. So now you're tasting 2019. 19, so yeah. 2017. Okay. But, This is the first vintage that we are officially releasing uh, through also critics because before okay. we did it. So this 2019 and 2020 are the first two that, uh, uh, that we are uh, releasing. Okay. Uh, how, how did you find deal working with, uh, you know, with, with Norello? Yeah. What, like, how did you, was it really like freaking you out? It was so different than Nebbiolo or. So, uh, We have to say that uh, um, we are uh, enjoying uh, the expertise of uh, Alberto Gracci on, uh, on the Bureau because this is the first partnership mm. we have uh, ever done with, with Alberto. When, uh, when we started the project in 2017, uh, 
with Alberti was a love uh, at first sight because uh, we had we there was a sharing of values, a sharing of a belief, and a sharing also of of a vision uh, for the future. So uh, this uh, the the Ida project uh, I like uh, because uh, it's a challenge for both of us. It's a challenge for us because we've never been in uh, in Sicily. And so Alberto has been a great uh, partner because he's teaching us Nerano uh, Maschelese, he's teaching us uh, the, the characteristics of, uh, of Etna. But uh, it's uh, a challenge also for uh, Alberto because Alberto has his winery located on the northern slope of uh, Etna. But together yeah. we took uh, a different decision because we bought land on the southwestern slope, which uh, is a slope that uh, is a little bit wider because not many wineries yeah. are there. Uh, so it's a challenge. We, 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 we're going to challenge, challenge ourselves to see what we can achieve from uh, that uh, from that specific area of, of Etna. The project uh, will mainly focus on uh, whites, so probably mainly focus on uh, Carricante. However, uh, when we bought the property in 2017, we bought 21 hectares located in an area that is called Bianca Villa mm-hmm. and 21 hectares in an area called Bel Passo. In Bianca Villa, when we bought, there were already 14 hectares, uh, no, not 14, sorry, uh, 10 hectares planted of Nerello Mascalese, of which uh, the vineyards were planted both in 2006 and in 1975. And there was one hectare planted of uh, Carricante, which is a very old vineyard of uh, Carricante. In 2017, we planted four hectares of uh, Carricante. In 2019, we planted another four hectares of Carricante in Belpasso. And in 2021, in February of this year, we planted an extra four hectares of Caricante always in Belpasso. So the production for Caricante will grow in, in future. 2020, that you're tasting today, is mm-hmm. made only with Biancavilla. Because mm. the one hectare of uh, uh, Caricante that was already planted, and uh, it's the first year where the four hectares came into production. So uh, we made uh, roughly 18,000 bottles of, uh, of Caricante. In the future, uh, in the next uh, two to three years, we're going to have uh, eight new actors uh, coming into production of Caricante. So the white will start to uh, to increase. Yeah, because uh, um, I found, honestly, I, I thought that uh, the, ri- the red was more impressive. I really liked your red. Right. I was impressed. Also, uh, Gracchi's reds, which I very much like, they're a very different style. They're more, uh, a little bit denser, uh, more powerful. Yours was much more, uh, if you will, Nebbiolo-like, or or if you want to say Burgundian, in a way. It has such a nice soft tannin and richness, but very, um, you know, delicious and, and delicate at the same time. But I really was impressed. And I'm even more impressed that it's made from that side because hardly anyone makes serious wines over there. Yeah, so the southwestern slope uh, 
I want to put the, the stress on the Western uh, part. Yeah. It's, it means that uh, it's always lit by, by the sun. Uh, exactly. So the warmer uh, area compared to, uh, to the northern uh, yeah. slope. Usually from the southern slope, and you said it yourself, you get uh, yeah. rich. You get more, uh, you know, rich, you get more power because it's a warmer uh, area. Um, I'm glad that you like the Nerello. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we're working on uh, on the white, and uh, in, in uh, there's going to be exciting news uh, in the next uh, uh, three to four years because these fingers of Caricante are coming uh, into production. Okay, carissimo. Thanks again. Thank you, James. It's great to see you.